block, go no contact, ghost, leave the narcissist, stay away from the narcissist because they want to control, they want to manipulate you, they want to be able to have control over your complete life. They want to isolate you from other people, they want to bring you out from everybody else's validation so that they can be the only one to pour into you. They want to be able to control and manipulate your life. Narcissist wants to keep you, wants to hold you, wants to control you, wants to make sure that you stay stuck. And whenever I communicate that message, whenever I talk to people, there's there's unbelief about it of like, why would you go to that extreme? There's there's a whole lot of different thoughts. But one of the thoughts that comes out a lot of times when I say that is people start coming and they ask questions. They're like, okay, but why does your wife stay with you? Why does your wife stay with a narcissist? Why is she still with a person that has been abusive, that has been toxic, that has been awful to a lot of people? Why is she still there? If you guys are new here, if you didn't know that, I'm a narcissist. My name is Ben Taylor. I'm on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. And that self-discovery story, you can see a couple different videos on YouTube about that self-discovery story. You can just look up under raw motivation, self-aware narcissist, and kind of give a little bit of my story as I try to be able to go along and explain that to people. Now I'm on those different channels. Please follow Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Just look up raw motivations. Follow us on the podcast, Trauma, Drama, and Life. Or if you're listening on the regular podcast, Raw Motivations, that's on all the all the, all the podcasts as well. As well, uh, If you haven't had a chance, download the NARC app. Just type in N-A-R-C-A-P-P.com, NARCapp.com. It stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. Check that out. There's a lot of people on there helping you heal, grow, and change, giving advice, giving encouragement, giving support. Also taking courses, tracking your accountability, like logging into weekly lives, monthly coaching, a whole lot of different things that are going on there. Love to be able to have you a part of that. If you want to talk with me one-on-one -on -one or go through some coaching or try to help working through breaking through the trauma bond, rewiring your mindset, getting through that addiction cycle, that addiction phase, and setting up boundaries, then go to rawmotivations.com. We'd love to interact with you there. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. A lot of times when people are asking me, they're, they're asking about like what actually happened to have your wife stay or why did your wife come back? Again, you can hear some of that in her own words on the podcast. We've got a couple episodes coming out about that. But what happened is we got married, and that's when the mass dropped. I'm not going to talk about the whole like dating process and things like that, but once we got married, that's when the mass dropped. It was literally like going on our honeymoon, and, and that started off on an awful foot. And that was me starting to be the asshole. Me starting to be the jerk to her and how I was communicating, how I was interacting, how I was talking, how I was treating her. It came out in our marriage in a million different ways. Sometimes it'd be as simple as like devaluing her cooking. You're saying like how this isn't as good as what I thought it was going to be or this isn't as good as my mom's cooking. Like this isn't, you know, what I wanted or you made you probably made this wrong. Like devaluing her, devaluing her effort, her 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 ability to be able to produce all the way down to like folding clothes. Like, I can't believe you fold my clothes wrong. Like, this is how I do it. This is how you should do it. If you don't do it this way, like, that's ridiculous. This is the only way to do it. Like, that mentality 
that you might recognize just in stuff in your own life, that mentality sometimes bleeds out in all different areas. Sometimes making fun of mistakes or like demeaning her, like putting her down. But the mass dropped really quickly. And, and a lot of times we would tell people, like even, even in our relationship early on, that the first year of marriage was pretty much hell. It was pretty awful. We just thought it was, you know, lack of communication. We just thought it was, you know, both of us being only kids, like clashing, like all that kind of stuff. But no, it was because of me. And it was because of how he was treating her. Well, after the first year of marriage, went into the second year of marriage, and that's when I started my first affair. And when I started not just devaluing her, but doing it with someone else. And treating her like awful, like using her insecurities to, you know, get what I wanted. Over the course of time, over the next six to seven years, ended up getting involved in four more affairs in our relationship. And I got to the place where brought it up and finally the first affair was confessed and then the next four weren't confessed for a long period of time. And then finally got to the place where those ended up being confessed. And when they did, there was a part of that that I wanted to get a reaction. Like I wanted to get a response from her that would let me be able to wash my hands of that and be able to walk away. You see, during that time, I was in one of the last affairs with a girl who had BPD, borderline personality, and narcissistic traits. And there was aspects that I wanted out of the relationship, but then there's also aspects that she was pressuring me a lot to leave my wife. I remember sitting across the table from her one time and there being like a constant pressure of like, you know, you, you know, you don't want to be with her. You know, you don't love her. Like, you know, you want to be with me. Like, let's just do this. Like, go ahead and tell her so we can get this out of the way. Like a lot of different things like that, that I remember, or that has been told to me by people that were there that I remember as well along those lines. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so there was an aspect that when I finally got to the place of telling Kayla and saying like, hey, this is what happened. There was a part of me that hoped that she would just leave, that she would just pack up her bags and leave. Because then I thought, hey, I can continue that story in my mind of like, everybody leaves me. It's not my fault. I'm just searching for true love. I finally found the right person. It wasn't her, like all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times in that relationship, I wanted her to leave as well because I didn't want to look like the bad guy. But the problem is I also used religion as my excuse of why she had to leave and not me. I didn't think it was right. I didn't think I was allowed to. I didn't think there was an aspect in the religion and the Christianity and the, and the upbringing that I had that it was effective or, or allowed for me to be able to walk out on my wife because I was the one that cheated. She had every right to leave me, but I didn't because I wronged her. So I use that a lot of times as an excuse. I finally got to the place where I started getting into therapy. And that's a whole other story that we'll talk about, talk about later. But I got into therapy and at, it was about a couple months after being in therapy. I want to say I got into therapy March, May. So like, like three months that I was in therapy. And then that's when Kayla left. And a lot of times people think like, oh, like Kayla made you get into therapy and like Kayla prompted you to change, like Kayla, all this kind of stuff. Like she's like the reason I even saw like some people leave in comments of like his wife's the reason I'm like, no, like I've never said that. 
because I was in therapy. I was already, already did EMDR therapy. I was in regular talk therapy. And that's when my wife left because there wasn't a change. There wasn't a difference. And it even wasn't her leaving that prompted any of that. Sometimes people think like, oh, it's because she left. It was because like all this kind of stuff, like it wasn't. Like literally my wife packed up, left, moved out of state with our daughter, packed up her bags, took a job in another state, moved back with her mom, all this kind of stuff. And on that day that she left, literally like within the hour that she left, I was texting someone else. There was no change. There was no mental capacity of like, I'm going to be different or I'm going to be better or this, this is on me. No, I was playing more the victim of like, I can't believe she finally left. Like, I don't know what to do because a narcissist hates being alone. A narcissist doesn't want to be alone. They want to be able to have supply. They want to be able to have anybody, everybody to be able to reach out, to be able to interact, to be able to connect with because they don't want to be left alone with themselves. Because if they are, then they have to admit that the shit that's happening is because of them. It's a lot easier to blame that on someone else. I started, I kept going through therapy. You know, by that, that time, I'd already been three months in like talk therapy, six months EMDR. Got to the place of the person that I was talking to that we called it off. We separated, started getting more honest in therapy, started to get more real in therapy, started to get back to some of the basics and focusing on the stuff that I'd learned and the stuff that I'd been going through with Wake Up Warrior and the lies that I believe, the things that actually affect my mentality and my state of mind. When I'm thinking through, hey, I'm a good person, but I did all these things to my wife, like that doesn't make sense. But I wanted to believe that in my head. I wanted to say I'm a good person, but it wasn't true. Finally got place, got to the place where she decided to come back and try it out for a month. And she dives into that a little bit more into the podcast. So like she agreed to, to come back, try it out for a month, see what was going to happen. And what she noticed is when she came back after, after several months of being gone, she came back for a month with her mindset of like, I'm going to try it out. What she noticed was she noticed a change. Because I started to be real with myself. And I started to be honest with therapy. And I started to be honest with the people around me. Did it mean everything was fixed? No, not at all. Even after she came back into my life, I remember sitting in the office with my therapist, looking at my therapist and being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to interact with her. I don't want this. But I also knew that what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis was reframing and rewiring the mindset that I had that was so toxic and so awful for such a long period of time and that I still have to fight with every single day of rewiring how I'm viewing things, how I'm viewing people, of taking down the mask that I have of I'm a good person, but I'm abusing people, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to have to continue doing that day-to-day -day with the therapy to try to work on myself to grow, heal, and change. And one of the reasons that when Kayla came back, one of the reasons she said that she even stayed longer than a month is she said, I noticed a difference in you. You actually interacted with me. You actually cared. And you actually asked about my day. You actually like all these like small things in one sense that, you know, now have completely changed and morphed and grown and, and blossomed even more. But she was like, there was a difference. And she was like, I also stayed because there was continual change. Like it wasn't just like a one-time thing. And there's sometimes where it's like, you know, I, I think I asked her in the podcast, I was like, you know, is that a, is that a thing that you still are like month to month? And she was like, not as much now, but yeah. Like if you do, you know, the things that we've talked about, or if you do stuff that we haven't talked about, that is part of her boundaries, then she's out.
And the difference is she has that confidence with breaking the trauma bond. She has that confidence of actually knowing and understanding that her worth isn't defined in me. So as a result, if I do something like that, she can move out and she's okay with that. And she, and she knows that and she's confident in her ability to be able to do that. Touch on that a little bit. There's a lot more that I'd love to be able to interact with you and have you understand it here in the podcast. So go to Apple Podcasts and download, like, rate, and review. Just be able to help like pump it up so people can see it because it's like brand new. But it's Trauma, Drama, and Life with Ben and Kayla Taylor. Thanks for watching.